0: So Hello, and welcome to the Bride Tender Podcast. I'm your host, SC Gordon, and I'm here to tend to the brides like I tend to the bar. So mix yourself a cocktail, and let's get ready to discuss something a little bit different than weddings, actually, today. Today, I am just, I'm humbled, I'm honored, I'm inspired, and all around, I'm ecstatic to announce that I have someone so exciting as a guest on the Bride Tender today. Um, We're taking a little bit of a turn, and I'm not interviewing a vendor in the hospitality industry per se, but I'm happy to announce that the guest I have today, she's a powerhouse, a fashionista, and someone who everyone in the hospitality industry can learn a few lessons from. Aliza Licht, welcome to the podcast, and thank you so much for taking the time to come on.
1: Well, thank you for having me on, Esti. I'm happy to be here.
0: So I want to tell everybody a little bit about you. Um, Aliza is the author of Leave Your Mark, which focuses on how to land your dream job and how to best market and brand yourself. She's also the host of the Leave Your Mark podcast, a rock star consultant, and you might know her at one time being the voice behind YPR girl on twitter um, for some of us we might know that as like the gossip girl of our generation and i read Elise's book um, and i reached out to have her on the podcast because i really think during these times a lot of people they've had to pivot in their careers and being now a podcast host as well as a professional in the wedding industry we see that The hospitality industry professionals need to do what they need to do to stay relevant in a time where our field isn't a top priority on people's lists. Um, Travel being low, um, amount of guests being able to attend an event being reduced significantly, and the industry is changing and we need to reinvent ourselves to accommodate a new normal. So I felt like, Aliza, you could be someone great that I have on today, you know, to kind of show our industry what we can do in this downtime to still, you know, be on top of our game and not get forgotten about. Absolutely. <laughs> so for, first, I want to ask you, how are you doing during this time with everything going on?
1: Well, thanks for asking. Thank God everyone's healthy. And I think we can all agree that that's like the number one most important thing. Um, My main business is I consult in creative brand marketing and digital. And prior to the pandemic, I was physically working in clients' offices. And during the pandemic, we went remote and then it went to nothing. So I lost all my clients probably by, I don't know mid-March, April. And I was like, okay, I'm sitting here at home. I don't have any work to do, but I have this podcast, Leave Your Mark. So I'm just going to double down on that. So I started to just get really excited about content. And really, I, I kind of came from the mentality of, and this is, I think, really relevant for your audience as well. Like, service-oriented information. So exactly what you're doing with your podcast is what I decided to build out with my own podcast. So I started a newsletter on LinkedIn a couple months prior, so I started to create more content for that. I have a column on Forbes. I started to create really pandemic relevant content you know how do you market your business during a crisis you know how do you how do you show you have empathy right now at a time when like so many people have lost jobs have lost loved ones and it's a really tricky time to kind of be in business and to market I think, so i really thought okay if i if i don't have work right now how can i be of use how can i be helpful to other people and really convey sort of my best practices of personal branding, of leveraging your voice, of storytelling and, and help people think about their their own careers in a different way. So I, I really just kind of became this content machine. And in addition to being a content machine, I have always been a really robust networker. I consider networking like an Olympic sport. And I really like triple down on that, like meeting zoom meetings all day long with different people reaching out to people connecting saying hey what are you working on here's what I'm working on maybe there's a way to partner so kind of not going underground in the same way that you said like really making sure that like everything I'm doing is useful um has a purpose but also keeping me and my brand top of mind
0: I like what you said, how networking is like a sport. Like people really don't realize that, but it is. I mean, even when I'm working, you know, when I'm going, well, it's been a while since I've gone to the office, which is, that's a whole other story of crazy. But um, yeah, I would spend so many nights going to dinners, going to different things, meeting different people that it, it feels so weird not to be in that space of like, where now I do a lot of like work and stuff from home. And, oh, it is just, it's going, but it's not for me. Like when you're a social person, you like like to be out there so much. And I'm like, I've never seen my apartment so much in this oh, five and a half years I've been here. Like,
1: <laughs> Well, yes, I mean, I totally agree. But also for, for me, I mean, I'm a fashion girl. I'm in the fashion industry I want to get dressed every day, but I have nowhere to go. I have no shoes to wear, no reason to wear a handbag. So that is like, I feel like I go into my closet every day and my clothes and shoes are like, please wear us. And I'm like, no, sorry, guys, not today. I'm not going anywhere.
0: It's so true. I feel like I'm in gym clothes so much. And I'm like, these clothes never get worn ever. They're only <laughs> getting worn because I'm home. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, when is the last time I put a pair of jeans on? just like a pair of jeans. I'm like, I need to start putting jeans on because like that quarantine 15, like it really, it comes on and you don't even know. (laughs) I'm feeling feeling like, like it's like college years. I didn't have that experience actually at college like that, but like other people did. And I'm like, this is what that must've felt like. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I will be figuring that out soon but yeah, it's, it's a challenging time. It's weird to have so much home time when you're used to being out so much. Oh, for sure. And I mean, for you, I know you have a husband and you have kids. So it's probably even, even more so like having that much time at home and kids doing zoom school and like, yeah, I'm at, I don't even know how par- parents are navigating that. That's like a whole other thing.
1: Well, I can't, I can't complain really, because my kids are 15 and 12, so they're pretty self-sufficient on Zoom, but I can tell you for sure, my friends and my family members who have younger children, it is, and they have jobs, forget it. It's, it's a nightmare.
0: Yeah, we're, we're definitely, we're living in the twilight zone right now. For sure. (laughs) So you've had, you know, a pretty broad career in fashion, as well as working with different magazines and publications and now consulting and helping, you know, guide people in building their careers. Um, And you've had to pivot in your career and gone, you know, after your dreams and your goals, how did you decide when to move from
1: working in the corporate world to entrepreneurship? So I spent 17 years working in communications for Donna Karen and DKNY. I grew up there. Prior to that, I did start on the magazine side of the business. So I lived a little bit of Devil Wears Prada for sure. Um, And I had an amazing, amazing career at Donna Karen. And I published my book in 2015. And when Leave Your Mark came out, which was May... Like a month later, my mentor and boss stepped down from the company. And then a month after that, Donna Karen retired from the company. So I was kind of left there without the matriarchs of the company. And after 17 years, you kind of felt like a little bit the soul had been ripped out of the company. And we would like walk around and like walk past empty offices and be like, this just feels awful. And it was kind of my cue. I was like, you know what? They're gone. I have a book now, I'm doing press, I'm doing speaking engagements, maybe I should just focus on Leave Your Mark. So that's when I left the company and I started consulting uh, when I was done with the press for the book and I have to say I consulted for 10 months and I really don't believe that I was successful in any way doing it. I think that I had this like naive approach, like, cause I'm such a visual person. So I was like, I'm gonna make a brand. I'm gonna, I, I created like a logo, I made business cards, I posted it on Instagram, which makes it all official. <laughs> and I was like, I have a business. Look, here it is. And I, my heart wasn't in it. I think, I, I think in a weird way, I was like mourning like the kind of the death of like the Donna Karen career. And, um, I kind of, I actually wrote an article for Forbes called, um, this is how, you know, you're not meant to be an entrepreneur. And I decided to go back in house and I ended up going to Alice and Olivia as their global head of marketing and communications. And I did that for two and a half years. And then the creative bug started itching again. And I was like, do I write another book? And I was like, oh, can't really do that. That's like a nightmare project. And then... I was moderating a panel um, on influencer marketing, and one of the influencers who was there is a friend, and she said, you know, I'd love you to do my podcast. And I honestly had never listened to podcasts. I didn't even know she had a podcast. And I was like, oh, sure. And then she was like, wait, why don't you have one? And I was like, a podcast? She's like, yeah, you have a book, why don't you have a podcast? And I'm like, I don't know, do you have to have a podcast? If you have a book, I have no idea. And I went home that night, And I Googled how to do a podcast. And I was like, maybe this is what I should do. So then I literally was like, I'm doing a podcast. So I'm very, and I think this is also another important lesson. I think I've always been someone, and you know this from reading my book, I don't believe in these three-year plans, five-year plans, any of that. I really think there's not just one path. There's a lot of different ways you can go. So to me, life is a series of decisions and sometimes you make right ones and sometimes you make wrong ones, but there's many, there's, there's many scenarios that can be great for you. So I, I don't really put a lot of thought into this big macro strategy of like my career and my side hustle, leave your mark or whatever. I'm more like fly by the seat of my pants. If I have an idea I am not going to wait around to perfect it and, you know, zhuzh it and then perfect it again and spend a year and a half building out something to then finally introduce an idea to the world and then have someone else have the same idea and, and, and put it out into the world. So I very much believe in like running with it. And I actually launched something in the pandemic, which was like, a, again, a random thought. I decided, you know, leave your mark as a career mentorship and I do mentor people one-on-one. Um, I am a career coach on the side, and I was like, "Well, why don't I do these? Why don't I do like some Zoom events, some mentoring events?" And I literally just made a page on my website, picked a date, posted it, and announced that I'm going to be doing these events. And I've done I've done three already, and they've been great. And I think right now, every industry needs to focus on community building and being together and leveraging each other and amplifying each other's voices. I think that is how we're going to all get through this.
0: Yeah, no, I agree with you on that. I think every industry was hit hard with this. Um, Every industry was hit hard. All these people that are used to being in an office and around people are now not around people. There's so many highs and lows during this. That I think you just want to feel like people are there for you, no matter yeah. what. Like you, you can be there for them; they're going to be there for you. And um, I agree with you in that. In that, there needs to be real like community surrounding you right now. Yes. Now, I kind of believe that no matter what field you're in or the career you've chosen. You really need to always put your best foot forward and go above and beyond to learn new tricks of the trade and be on top of the new trends. Um, I'm sure you see this like work, having worked in fashion. I see this having, you know, working in events and just like all the trends are different. The color schemes, what's in, what's out. It's different every season. Um what are some of the things that people should be doing right now to build their career?
1: So I think you're totally right. And specifically, I mean, I work in digital, so everything in digital changes by the nanosecond. So I was saying this to someone yesterday, like, I don't believe in the word expert because you can't be an expert these days because everything is what, what makes sense today doesn't make sense tomorrow. And we have no idea what's going to happen and we have no idea you know, what can get undone in a nanosecond as well. So I think um, right now, really being motivated to self-educate and to stay on top of this ever-changing landscape, not just in your own industry, because that's probably more of a natural thing to do. I've always been someone that looks for inspiration in other industries. So, you know, a lot of people would always go to like fashion conferences. Like I, I never went to fashion conferences as much as I went to like a tech conference or a consumer goods con- conference. So getting ideas from like other sources is, I think, really smart because sometimes we just kind of surround ourselves with like the same type of people who do the same things we do. And if you, if you kind of have more of an eclectic point of view and you, and you have diversity around you, which I think is really important, it just makes you that much smarter, that much more innovative and, and really that much more nimble because you have, you're full of ideas.
0: Yeah. You spoke about, um, you know, the digital side and really getting people to notice you almost digitally of course you know we have all the social media platforms and it's funny um i happened to go last week to like shabbat sukkot mixed in one at my friend's house and her her children are teenagers now and they're on tiktok and they have all these followers and i'm like okay so like what am i doing wrong am i supposed to be on tiktok I'm like, am I, aren't I too old for that? And then I was, and then they're going through the whole thing about um, how you can get paid on TikTok and how, like, at this many amount of followers, you get paid for this. Because I was like, okay, so what? How are we getting me on TikTok? How are we making this happen? How are we getting me followers? And it was so funny because you know they're young and they're teenagers and they don't want to hang out with like their mom and their friends. But once I brought that up, then they're like sitting there giving me the lowdown, and I was like. So I even saw them today, and I was like, "Okay." I was like, "So when are we getting me on TikTok? What are we doing? You coming and filming me?" <laughs> because it's it's a so, whole world.
1: So TikTok is is ripe right now. If you are, so I I use TikTok a lot for inspiration for video ideas for brand for my clients. I am not personally posting on TikTok. However, if you are someone who has a super dynamic personality, who's really comfortable on camera, uh, who has a really specific point of view, you can become big very quickly because the entire algorithm favors every type of content. So you see doctors on there, you see teachers on there. It is not just a young app anymore. It used to be when it first came out, it was like my daughter's age, like 12. But now it's everyone and I highly recommend it if you are comfortable just putting yourself out there. It's not for me. I'm not actually like, I can get up and speak in front of like a million people, but I can't really act. And I'm not someone who feels like I want to do like skits. Like you have to be, you have to be willing to do skits.
0: I, I, I hear that. I'm also the type who would be like, what about my chins? Like, I like, (laughs) I can't have that being seen. Can you
1: like just from <laughs> so stop it yeah and that's it but, but it is it's a great it's a great it's a great tool though it really is
0: yeah I'm like I feel like I have to learn it because I see all these not really so much event planners but designers who are on there and they're doing like the speed up videos of the room transformations and oh all. yeah I'm like I have to figure this out because there is an easier way to do this and whatever I'm doing is the hard way I'm like whatever I'm doing I'm making it more complicated for myself yeah now um I think you're really gonna like this question um I I actually asked this to somebody else a few episodes ago one of my friends who works in the industry and we talked about um some of the best items to own so Now, for you working in the fashion world for so many years, I'm sure that you have a list of some must-have items that everyone should have in their closet to look and feel their best. You know, whether they're interviewing for a new job, giving a presentation, or in the interest of weddings as a wedding guest, what are some staple items you believe everyone should have in their closet that are investments worth making, like your top five?
1: Okay, top five, a statement coat. Ooh, Um, perfect perfect pair of black pants. Yep. Crisp white shirt. A great black pump. Yep. And a perfect little black dress. There's an overwhelming theme of black here. I am a New Yorker, it's part of our, our thing, but I do think those are the kinds of pieces that never go out of style, no matter what. So if you're going to invest in fashion, you want to invest in things that have longevity. And I think that those are the pieces that everyone should have. I would say our list was pretty
0: much spot on with yours because you can wear those over and over and change out the accessories for what works best um which w- which situation you're in that works best so I agree with you and I also think one black is so classic everybody looks good in it so yeah. you know it's one of those yes. It like if it ain't broke don't fix it like yeah. yes. black will always be that
1: yes but I will I will share with you your though just so you can see the stark contrast from from my point of view of like my top five like a sequin top, oh. an over, <laughs> in, 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 in over the knee boot. Love. Killer pair of black leather pants. Yes. Perfect little cashmere sweater and statement coat. <laughs> wait,
0: wait, statement coat? I didn't think that at first, but when you said that, I was like, yeah, she's so right. I was like, even I know last year on my birthday, I was like, I want something cool to wear. I went into, you'll probably know what it is. Trinkets in Hewlett you know I Trinkets.
1: don't you I don't but you're from North Woodmere I know but I haven't lived there in like 20, oh 20 my years God. so Trinkets
0: used to be this like little hole in the wall store now they expanded to a bigger a bigger store on Broadway in Hewlett so I know you'll you know Broadway um and yeah of course I, my birthday is in the winter. I happened to go in the day before my birthday. I was doing brunch with my girlfriends and I was like, I just want something different to wear. What are the, I'm probably not going to find anything. I walk in, I see this blue cheetah print, long furry coat. And so good. they had it like on sale. Like, I think it cost me like 50 bucks. And I was like, sold. I'm like, I put it on. It fit perfectly. I came out of there. I was like, I'm so excited. (laughs) So I get what you're saying. I mean, I, I, yes, that is a statement coat for certain. I'm with you on that. I'm like an accessories over clothes kind of person. Yeah, Um, I understand. Like I would like really simple clothing that, oh, that fits well. And like, like bam over the top on jewelry, shoes, pocketbook.
1: Yeah, I'm. I am pretty much over the top in all of the categories. <laughs> I
0: think so. I, I'm like a more is more. Yeah. Some people are like, "Oh my god, you're gonna wear that? Like, that's so crazy." And I'm like, "But is it? Like, I wouldn't be me if I. <laughs> that. I don't do simple. Right. I don't. Simple. Like some people like at a wedding when they do like just the blowout. I'm like, oh no, I need, <laughs> like, I need like the whole works. I, I'm like, I don't understand.
1: I totally
0: agree. (laughs) We have a lot of people who are tuning in who are brides, you know, people who are getting married, who might have had to postpone Um, a lot of vendors in the industry, sales managers, um, you know, hotel uh, representatives, um, and a lot of their business is gone this year due to COVID-19. And I wanted to discuss ways to stay relevant in the hospitality field and some ideas you have for companies and hospitality professionals to keep busy and continue branding themselves in a time where they might not have business on the books.
1: Sure. So um, listen, I... I planned an event this summer. I, we were supposed to go to Israel for my daughter's bat mitzvah, and we ended up not, obviously. So we decided to do it in our backyard for like 20 people. And because I'm obviously someone who's planned events before for my career, it was very easy for me to just like knock off everything. You know, what are, you know, what are the balloons, tables, caterer, et cetera. Um, but most importantly was like the zoom aspect of it right and like the production of of the footage and you know i am skilled in that so i understand how lighting works i understand where it needs to be i understand sound etc there is a huge need for consultants who know what they're doing in event planning to work on these virtual events for people like, I had a friend who had her son's bar mitzvah on Monday. And pre- previous to this, I said to her, Please make sure you pay attention to where the light's coming from. Please make sure that you do X, Y, and Z. And I watched the bar mitzvah that day, and it was like, it was like black. You couldn't really see anyone. And unfortunately, there was nothing that could be done in the middle of it. So I think that every person listening to this podcast needs to think of the virtual way they can they can offer their services. Let's say wedding gowns or honeymoon attire, whatever it is, like what is the virtual way that you can sort of show a collection or go through someone's wardrobe, you know, on Zoom and have a conversation about like what silhouettes work. So that to me is, is people who are succeeding right now have figured out how to do what they do virtually. And the other thing is that there still are, I have a client who mostly sells via trunk show and <clears throat> across the country. So they figured out how to have really safe outdoor trunk shows and make it like really beautiful, like tea party ish, but really, you know, socially distanced and. Um, in a way that, you know, the clients feel comfortable. So I think there's a way to do it. And I think that for the most part, when you're planning an event right now, because a lot of people have postponed, but then there are a lot of people who are like, no, I want to get married. Like, I I don't want to wait to get married. Like this is... So I think that thinking about, you know, certainly outdoor spaces that are, um, that lend themselves to, you know, maybe... Maybe, you know, the original decor that you were thinking of is, is not going to work anymore, but thinking about how to take advantage of a certain space. Like, I don't know if you saw, Vogue did a, um, a, a profile on a woman um, and her fiance who got married on the streets in Brooklyn, like, and there's like two rows of parked cars and they're like dancing down the street and they had the whole thing shot on video. And it was amazing. So there's a million things you can do. You have to just be creative.
0: Yeah. I try to explain to a lot of people right now that are, you know, upset about the amount of people that they're allowed to have, that you can have just as beautiful, if not more, a wedding of 50 people that you can of 250. You know, it's,
1: Oh, 100%. And by the way, my 20 people that I had for this bat mitzvah, once they were all there, I'm like, I don't need anybody else. Like, love you all, but you can all watch on Zoom.
0: It it even showed me. I'm not, listen, I'm not getting married yet or anything like that. And I always thought I was like, yeah, it's probably going to be 150 people when I get married. Now I'm like, 50 people? sold like we're good I'm like I, I just it it shows you too during this time you're like I don't need to invite every single person like we can cut down the list a little bit and make it a little bit more meaningful tighten it um you know then then have to go the
1: so many people route yeah another really cool idea that a friend of mine who um heads up a really big creative organization. They have a gala every year that that's their big fundraiser. And obviously you can't have a 600 person fundraiser. So what they did was to make it, and of course you're not going to probably be able to like make as much money as you normally would, but what they did to sort of keep their ticket prices high and to make it an experience, they actually catered the dinner the same way they would have if it was in person and they delivered to every single person in their home like an entire spread of like so then everyone on zoom had like a place setting and a, a thing of flowers and the meal and it was almost like they were all together at this gala but Everyone in their own homes, which I think is an incredible feat. And then they even delivered the swag bag later in the evening, which is pretty amazing. Yeah. I mean, obviously you have to have a team to do that, but I thought that was brilliant.
0: That's awesome. And honestly, it's all about those swag bags.
1: <laughs> totally.
0: Everybody, everybody loves a gift at the end.
1: Yes. I actually um friends of ours are getting married and they they did um, kind of like a youtube video announcing their engagement and then announcing that we're all you know you're all invited to our zoom wedding and then they when you rsvp'd they sent you this really cute note that said basically like we've saved you you know from getting dressed from head to toe you know can't wait to see you at our zoom wedding here are these like socks they made like custom socks with their name on them and like the date of the wedding because it's like you'll be home and you'll probably be in your pajamas but you can wear these socks when you watch which I thought was really cute
0: that is really cute
1: and we're like the kind of people who are like no we're dying to get
0: dressed up (laughs) but (laughs) (laughs) but no I I know what you're saying listen it's the time to be creative now it really is with everything online, I mean uh, such a different world, but you're right. It's all about for for my field and, and your field as well, but my field learning that virtual aspect because it's probably going to be a thing for quite some time. Things aren't gonna go back to yeah. as quickly as we'd like them to. Absolutely. With um, the Leave Your Mark podcast, um, it was created off of the success of your book, which is Leave Your Mark. And every week you interview different individuals on how they built their careers, as well as the hardships along their way to success. I learned about your book actually from listening to the podcast first. Oh, and, wow. And I loved the episode with your sister, where you discuss kind of switching your career goals from going pre-med in college to working in fashion. And I think a lot of people, especially now with what's gone, gone on in the world, you know, a lot of people have lost their jobs. They're figuring out their next steps. What advice do you have for people right now who are completely switching gears Due to the economy and might be scared to make the big change from one field to another. Yeah.
1: So first of all, I love that you found me through the podcast and then read the book. Normally people read the book and then go to the podcast. So you're like special, um, but I love it. So I think the, the pre-med to fashion is um, less of a relevant example than coming from the magazine side of the business into the PR corporate communications side. And <clears throat> when I was in, in the magazine side of the business, I was an assistant accessories editor at Marie Claire. And I worked on all the photo shoots that had to do with accessories, but I spoke to these PR people all day long because I needed to call them to get their accessories in for my photo shoots. So when you think about switching careers you really, unless you have the time and the money to really take a step back, what you need to do is think about careers that are on the periphery of what you already do. So transferable skills. I knew that even though I had never done PR before, I understood their job by doing my job. And I understood what they were trying to do. They were trying to get their their brand in the magazine. I was on the opposite side of the business, allowing them to send me their samples to consider for inclusion in the magazine. So it was almost like two sides of the same coin. And I think when you're thinking about switching, you know, it's really important not to just look at your experience. And even if you've lost your job, which is terrible, you don't want to throw away all that time. And all that investment in learning a certain skill and coming up in a certain industry. So, what I can recommend to people is, if you're thinking about, like, let's say you you know you work in events and now you want to go work in PR, let's just say, um, go on LinkedIn, go on a site like that or Indeed.com, and go pull up some. PR roles that are being searched for right now on LinkedIn in an industry that maybe you're interested in. Print out those job listings and really, and then print out your resume and then go through the job listings and do like three or four of them and circle the words on those job listings that are common across all of of the ones you printed out. Those job profiles are very strategically written by HR people and the skills they're looking for are essential to have on your own resume. So you may print out that, that PR thing, that PR profile and realize, wait, I do that, I can do that. I've already done that in events, I've already done this. And there's so much synergy when you start to see it on paper and realize, okay, here are my skills that I've had up until now here are the skills they're looking for. How do I position and spin my experience to make sense for this particular industry, an area? And then you have to tailor your pitch.
0: Yeah. So it's really just about doing the research on what those job listings all have in common. Yes. kind of editing your resume to see what will work best and and
1: really honing in on your skills. And leveraging your network. Like if you know someone who knows someone, like really using LinkedIn, LinkedIn is one of my favorite social media platforms now. I I think it is essential for every single professional to be on it and not just be on it like, oh, you have a profile and you'll check it in six months from now. Like be sharing, be a thought leader, right? Be a thought leader in your industry share relevant news to your network. And, and the more you do that, the more people will look at you as a thought leader in your industry.
0: Now, being that you, you've had this career in fashion and you have now you know also stepped into an entrepreneurial role, what influenced you to
1: write your book? Well, um, I was at Donna Karen. I was head of global comms communications, I should say, and it was 2009 and we were embarking on social media as a company. And we were sitting around in a marketing meeting one day and, you know, we had a Facebook page, but we were like, Oh, there's this thing called Twitter. Like, what is it? What do we do on there? And, um, it, we, we kind of had a minimal understanding that, you know, you would like post stuff and then people might respond. I mean, that was the extent that we knew. And I felt like, well, if our Twitter handle is at Donna Karen, people are going to assume that she's speaking. And then who's writing that copy? What if someone says the wrong thing? What if we get ourselves into some sort of PR scandal because of it? And simultaneously, it was Gossip Girl season two. So in this meeting, I'm like, well, why, why can't we just like make up a character like Gossip Girl did and make it anonymous and have it be like a fashion sketch. And no one has to know who this person is. And everyone was like, oh, that's cool. And then we like sort of flushed out the idea. And, and then legal, Donna Karen was like, okay, that's fine. But Aliza, you're the only one who can tweet. And I was like, oh, okay. So I started on Twitter in 2009 at, as this character, DKNYPR girl, and it blew up. I mean, it became um, one of the first examples in fashion for a social media personality that's still talked about today and still referenced in case studies. And I was anonymous for two years, as you know, because you read the book. And I... Um, it it, it grew to over 1.5 million followers organically across platforms and one day I was sitting at my desk and someone called and she's like hi my name is Amanda Englander I work at Grand Central Publishing and I think you should write a book I follow your 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 profile your DKY PR girl profile and I was like oh thank you so much but I I don't want to write a book I have like two little kids and a full-time job and like there is no way I have time to write a book and she was like relentless like like a bulldog and she would call me like every week and she'd say do you think about what we spoke about and I'm like yeah I, th- I, I still have the answer is no thank you so much and then finally she was like just write a page and I'm like what am I going to write about she's like anything you want she's like we like your writing we don't care what you're going to write about so you're kind of like all right well what do I want to write about and I and then I thought you know what, I mentor people online because I was mentoring people as PR girl. I was giving out a ton of career advice. And I was like, maybe I'll write like my career story, um, but make it a career mentorship. So make it like a how-to or or a must-do and a don't-do based on my experiences. And then, you know, you start writing and all of a sudden you're like, it's not so bad. So I sent her the pages and she sent them back. And she marked it up with like all red pen, like I was in fifth grade English. And she said, can you just like, you know, fix this up a little bit, expand here, explain this. And I was like, oh, I, know, I see what you're doing. You're, you're coaching me into handing you a proposal that you can submit to your editor. And she's like, yeah, totally. So that's what we did. And that's how I wrote a book.
0: Listen, it's good to have those bulldogs around, yeah?
1: Yes, it is. And you know what? The truth of the matter is I was—I realized I was scared to do it. And that's why I said no. Because I was like, well, what if no one reads it? What if it sucks? What if it gets horrible reviews? It's like a nightmare. And then I was like, it's not every day that someone gets a phone call. Like here, here's a book deal. Right. And I was like, don't be a loser. You have to do this. And I like <laughs> had like a fight with myself. And I was like, no, I'm going to do it. So, I mean, it was the best thing I could have ever done. It's been so rewarding just from people across the world, truly, you know, it, it launched in the UK and um, the US at the same time, and then it launched in India and China, and it launched in Canada as well, and um, Mexico, and hearing people write in to my website and you know, it could be like someone in India who has like a bully boss who needs you know, advice on how to deal with her bully boss or someone in Croatia once emailed me about like how she should negotiate her salary. And there, there are guys too, who are not scared of the lipstick on the cover. I will say that, um, but that to me is like the best part. Like everyone, no matter where people live, like these work problems are universal. Like, it's crazy. Like, it really does not matter where you live. And so I I really enjoy helping people work through that.
0: I think also when you're scared to do something, it's almost like you have to do it because it's showing you, like, it's almost like if you're not scared to do something, it's not as, like, important to you in a way. I felt that way even doing this podcast. Like, I thought I'd do one for a long time and I thought I would do it with people like ha- like a co-host yeah. mm-hmm. it, that I took forever to start it because I was like I can't do this by myself and then one day I was like I cannot wait on people anymore and this is like what's going to help me build my career it's going to help me just you know it's going to give me another platform to get to know people to network to see and yes. I've been fortunate in this time to be able to really meet a lot of people by doing this because they have time right now. Yeah, totally. Uh, it was, it was crazy that it was all about timing. Had I done this last year, I don't think I would have been able to get certain people on that really made a difference. So Yeah, Absolutely. But I will say this and I won't give out any any spoilers um, of the book because I think that everybody should read it. But there was this one part where you talk about how, when you kind of like announced about who you, like that you were DK and YPR girl and like, you know, that you kind of went, it like went radio silent because you were driving like to Pennsylvania. And I'm like, I know exactly what she's talking about because that drive, like the drive to the camp, I think I worked a party at that camp and there's literally no service over there. <laughs> so I know what you're talking about. I spent hours with no
1: service. It was a very dramatic day. Let's just say that.
0: <laughs> I Yeah, I couldn't even imagine. That's a big... It was like a big thing to drop. And then you're like, oh my God, I have no way of finding out. Yeah. Home. That is so funny. It really is. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, reading your book, listening to your podcast, you've had some really amazing guests on um, that have inspired me and my career, my own personal growth and journey. Oh, great. I- You know, this podcast at the beginning of COVID, like I told you, in order to kind of give wedding industry professionals a platform to promote who they are and what they do for brides and grooms, and also to learn about the vendors that are out there and working with with the best in the business. What advice do you have for a beginning podcast host like myself, who's looking to grow within the podcast world and building a social
1: media presence? Well, I am no expert. I am just a year into this, but I can say that one of the things that I knew to do is I always believe you should start as you mean to go. Meaning, understand the amount of work that goes into producing something like this and really think through given that amount of work and then your day job and other responsibilities, like if you're a parent or you you have to care for someone else or you even have to like fold your laundry, um, you have to think about the frequency because I was like, oh, I'm gonna do one season, 15 episodes, it'll be great. Like, I feel great. Like I have a lot of content. I'll just start rolling it out. I have like a lead. And then all of a sudden it was like, I was like two episodes behind myself and I was like, oh my God, wait, this stuff runs out. Like you forget that you have to keep on going and then you realize you're on this hamster wheel that you can't get off. And quite frankly, I do feel like I am on a hamster wheel. Like I love it, but it is a lot of work. And I do everything myself, other than the audio. So all of the social media posts, all of the marketing, um, the show notes, etc. Um, it, it's really, it's really brutal. Yeah. So you have to really want to do it, and you have to have the time to do it. And also, it's not free. Podcasts are not free. Like you're editing your own podcast. God bless. Oh. I don't have time to do that. It's, I can't do that. Yeah. Or it's, patience.
0: Yeah. It's definitely a lot. I think a lot of people don't realize that there's a lot that goes into prior to recording. Like the recording, you're like, all right, I got my questions down, I whatever. I'm like, I'm my own PR person now. Like, I'm like, I'm going out, I'm pitching myself to different people to come on. I'm coming up with interviews for them. And then certain people I will send the questions to who like might be a little nervous. Mm -hmm. Others will be like, I don't care. Like you just interview me like as is. Um, I'm kind of like that second person. Like I'm like, no, I don't need to know them beforehand. I'm better.
1: I think I said that to you. I think I said that to you too. Yeah, I'm better on a whim.
0: But I understand some people like they get kind of nervous and they're like, oh, I just need to know like what you're gonna ask me. Um and and then you're like, okay, so I have someone for this week. Who am I gonna have for next week? And then before like then it got to a point where I had people lined up for weeks and I'm like rolling out all these interviews and I'm like, this is great. Um, but it it was just like it was a lot. It's a lot, a lot of preparation. And then it's like, so you're recording one day, then you're editing the next few days. Then you're putting it out on social media over and over for the next few days to get people to like pumped about who's coming and then to listen. And then you're looking at the listenership, how many people. And now I'm like, everyone's like, well, you have to go on YouTube. And I'm like, YouTube. I'm like, I'm not doing videos of of myself. And they're like, you know, you need to, that's how you're going to grow. And now I'm on YouTube. I'm like, (laughs) You know, it's, it's, it's a lot, but for me, it's been very, it's been rewarding because I've been able to speak to so many
1: amazing people. Um, it's, you know what, it's an underrated, amazing networking tool.
0: Yeah. And I had somebody say to me recently, You know, I I have some of my friends who listen every week and they just do that to, you know, hear what I have to say. And being that they know me on a personal level, they're like, oh my God, that was so hilarious. I can't believe you actually said that. I'm like, I'm not afraid. (laughs) I had somebody say to me who isn't like a friend of mine, but it's like a friend of a friend. And they were like, you know, I I listen because you really motivate me. Like you motivate me to want to do more. And I was like, what, me? That's great, that's great. Yeah. So, I mean, it's showing, it's like, you know what? All these reasons I wanted to do it, it, it's making a difference. Yeah. That's great. So I'm like, and it's been keeping me really busy throughout this time. I can always keep myself busy. I'm one of those people. But it's, I wanted to be busy with stuff that I love to do. Yeah. It's, it's a passion project for certain. <laughs> exactly. Now I know that you're not exactly in the wedding world, But being that you're on the bride tender, I got to ask you a wedding related question. Okay. All right. So we're going through such a weird time with everything going on with COVID. um, And a lot of our brides and our grooms, they're up in the air. Should they postpone? Should they not postpone? Go through with the wedding. Wait until next year. And stress levels are high. And now people are all working from home in their homes with their fiancés all day in and out, um, what advice do you have to our 2020, our Corona brides and grooms, really going through it right now on, you know, the decisions they should make, what, the, what should they do?
1: Well, I think every person has to consider, you know, I mean, you, I think the most important factor is like, who is essential to be with you during this special moment And can they physically be there based on like, if you have like elderly parents or family members or people with underlying conditions who just can't and, and then deciding, you know, how, how essential is it to, to, to do it right this second? If you, if you must do it in person and um, just really thinking about the most important parts of it. Like, I think when, you know, in a typical year when you get married, there's, you know, everything seems important. It's like every aspect of planning a wedding is like essential, important. You know, you fixate on every little thing. It's like the invitation and like the place setting and the flowers and there's the music and all these details. And then I think when we come through a pandemic, you realize like there's like important things and then there's like really important things. So I would focus on like The stuff that really matters, which is really like, you know, your love for your fiance and like who you want to witness that and make it special and small and appropriate for the times and safe.
0: Listen, I think that that's all that you can do. Um, I tell a lot of the brides and grooms in my life, my, you know, my friends, my clients, whatnot, I tell them, you have to do what's true to you. If you want to get married now, get married now. I totally, I mean, I t- if it was me, I would, I would. I feel like why, why wait on forever with someone that when, Yeah. you know, because at the end of the day, the, the party and the celebration, it can always happen later on.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Aliza, it's been honestly such a pleasure to have you on my podcast. I'm like so, so excited and really just like honored that you took the time to come on. It really means a lot to me.
1: Oh my God. Well, I'm happy to be here. It was a great, a great chat. And thank you for inviting me.
0: I'm excited to continue listening to your podcast thank to leave you. your heart and hear all the advice that you give. And you have some really awesome guests that you bring on that I think, a lot of people can learn, you know, a thing or two from, uh, especially within, you know, whether, whether you work for a company or whether you run your own business, I think there's tricks and trades to learn from both, no matter what.
1: Yeah. I, I, I think that one of the thing, and thank you for that. I think one of the main goals of the Leave Your Mark podcast is for people to walk away with actionable career advice. So like things that you can like start to do like the next day, because what I didn't want to do is create something where, you know, you have all these podcasts that have these super, super successful people and you listen to their amazing stories and they are amazing, but like, that's like not realistic for the person listening. Like they're not going to do that. So like, what are, what are the pieces of advice that people can learn from super successful people and actually do? So that's really the goal of my podcast.
0: Yeah. And I think it's important for people to hear the struggles too, because yeah. it you feel way less alone in your struggle. It shows you no matter how successful the people, everybody goes through these tough times. And especially now, everybody's going through yeah. a time. <laughs> now, yes. where, where can everybody, one, buy your book?
1: Um, all bookstores, um, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, uh, less so at the smaller bookstores at this point, you know, it is five years old, so it's not everywhere. Um, and, um, you know, reach out on Twitter, Aliza Licht, Instagram, Aliza Licht XO. The podcast is everywhere. It's called Leave Your Mark. Leave Your Mark podcast has a little baby Instagram too. You can follow that. And yeah, that's it. Well,
0: everybody... Thank you so much for tuning in to The Bride Tender. You can check us out on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and now YouTube, because here we go. It is just a- And, and, and soon TikTok. <laughs> and soon TikTok. I am terrified for that. But we're going to make it happen at some point. <laughs> You'll be great. Um, make sure to- well- the podcast with your mom your dad your cousin your sister your brother your friend and pretty much anyone as it's the wedding podcast you never knew you needed make sure to follow the bride tender for all fun facts on the wedding industry ways to save money on your wedding and hiring the best in the business for your special day make sure to give a follow to Eliza licht at aliza licht xo Um, she has some amazing content fashion advice and of course um, her podcast at leave your mark where you can hear from you know some amazing people in all different industries and how they got started in their careers and new episodes every Sunday right Yep. <laughs> until next week mix yourself a cocktail slide into my dms with questions you want answered on all things weddings stay sane stay healthy and we'll catch you next week bye